0: Welcome back to The Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. And
1: this is Josh.
0: And we're so glad you're back with us today. Today I'm very excited.
1: I'm sure you are. You (laughs) must be giddy.
0: I am a little bit giddy because we are starting our deep dive into the 1994-1995 era of Prince music. We decided to go ahead and cover all of them together. It's going to be a long series, but it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: I know it's one of your personal favorite eras of Prince music. It and really is,
0: and a super underrated era.
1: It is underrated, and it all kind of overlaps. There's so many songs and album concepts and associated artist music and an NPG album that were all recorded during overlapping periods from like the uh, beginning of 1993 through 1995 and came out at different times, and it's all a really complex, convoluted name change, strange facial hair story <laughs> from start to finish. So Anchor
0: at Warner Brothers. Yeah,
1: so while it would be easy to just say, well, let's cover the album, Come, and then we'll move to a different era, we decided, well, let's start with this album, and we'll cover all the things that were kind of orbiting around it and were once even on the track list for Come and ended up on different places. It seemed best to just put it all together and let's... Camp out here for a while.
0: Yeah, you have no complaints for me. Because, Just trying to make you happy. Yeah, well, I well, I appreciate that. This is my birthday gift.
1: Yeah, well, not so, this, but well, the, whole thing.
0: the 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 podcast. It's yeah. my birthday gift. If it, if any of you haven't been with us from the beginning, this is my birthday gift from a couple of years ago. I told Josh that I wanted to make a Prince podcast with him, and so. You get to enjoy my birthday gift, and I get to, you know, prepare for it and listen to a bunch of really great music and a little bit of not as great music. I get to edit it and research and things I like to do. So,
1: yes, it was an easy you. thing to give you <laughs> since you do 95% of the work. And You've I've been
0: preparing for these podcasts for. Yeah, that's what I mean.
1: You're playing catch-up. And if you don't know, if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, Christy manages those, plans them out, does all the social media stuff, responds to you all. So yeah, it's her birthday job, I guess, is what I'm giving her. You're welcome.
0: Yeah, so if you want to find us on social media, you can do that on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. On Facebook, you can use the same shortcut as our Twitter handle or search for The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or you can send me an email, tmats, T-M-A-T-S, podcast at gmail.com. So we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff there for you. I always put lyrics and links to whatever songs that I'm able to so that you can listen and hear what we're talking about. And those go out the, the days after the pod gets released. I know... This album with its complex history that you're going to give us a little overview of. I'll have a link to a more, story. Com- more complete. Mm-hmm. Story.
1: Yeah, we could spend a four-hour podcast just talking about the story of this album, but our job here is to talk about the music. But before we can talk about the music, I think we've got to give a little bit of backstory about it. So in 1993, Prince kind of reluctantly agreed to release and support a greatest hits package, and that was the Hits and the B-Sides three-disc set. So by the time 1994 rolled around, it had been a couple years since a new Prince album, which was a long, long time, and he had recorded a lot of music, had a new record deal that he was initially very happy with, and then, I guess, read it more closely and decided <laughs> he that he didn't like soured on
0: it it's, for some reason.
1: Yes. So... Decided at one point that he was going to put together a three disc album called The Dawn that was yes. going to include many tracks from Come and the Gold Experience.
0: Welcome to the Dawn. Yes. We hear that a lot.
1: Yes. And it Um,
0: never quite materialized in the way that he Mm -hmm. anticipated. No.
1: Well, I think part of it was Warner Brothers wasn't real keen on releasing a three-disc set after just having done a three-disc Greatest Hits package. So the frustration mounted anyway. So Prince started putting together this conceptual album, Come, which featured all one-word titles he initially delivered the first configuration of the album to warner brothers in march of 1994 and warner brothers came back and said uh no (laughs) they requested additional strong songs the title track was not included on it from the beginning there was not a song called come there was this track called poem that was a spoken word thing Uh, They also asked for The Most Beautiful Girl in the World to be included, which was a hit he had had outside of Warner Brothers. They had allowed him to release the single as an independent artist. And it was a big hit, so they wanted that to be included here. And Prince's argument was, no, those are all new music recorded by the artist formerly known as Prince. You're getting an album by -hmm. Prince. But he did go back and started working on a maxi single for Come, an Mm EP, so to speak. And the version of Come that you hear on this album is the... Maxi single, super long, 11-minute version. It is not the original, like, 4-minute right. cool groove music that right. uh, we'll cover later.
0: And that was a big uh, screw you to Warner Brothers to put the 11-minute version on this album.
1: Right, because outside of that, this is a half-hour album. If you yeah. take that 11, this it was like, you know, one-fifth of the album was composed... By this one song,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it didn't have a lot of hit potential, I guess you could say, is what they what they uh, determined. But Prince delivered the final configuration of the album in May of 1994. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers asked for more release, more songs, more strong songs, and he said nope, he refused. You're going to release it as it is. But he also gave them the Gold Experience
0: mm-hmm.
1: and said, now you've got an album by Prince and you've got an album by the artist formerly known as Prince. I want you to release them back-to-back very closely, and let's see how they do against one another.
0: (laughs) They didn't didn't
1: like that very much either. I also found an interview with Michael Bland, Prince's drummer, in Guitar World. Did you come across that from 1994? Where Michael B. claims that many of the songs on this album, Come, were born out of Princess Boredom, over a Christmas break in late 1992 and into January of 1993, many people left Minneapolis to be with their families and Princess sitting there in Paisley Park, supposedly spending eight to ten hours a day on a soundstage where the band had been set up for rehearsal, just working on his own on different concepts and ideas. And finally called Michael B. and Sonny Thompson and said, are you guys bored too? Yeah. <laughs> and they came together and laid down a lot of the basic tracks for what you hear on this album at that point.
0: I would say even if they were not bored, uh huh, they probably were like, you know what's even less boring than whatever it is I'm doing now?
1: Being with Prince? <laughs>
0: Recording with Prince.
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're up to a 10 hour plus work day <laughs> that might start at 5 p.m. and end at 4 uh, a.m. Huh? Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just that's a little bit of the history. There were also other EPs planned for this. There was an EP called Papa that was going to include the song Papa and a few other songs from this album that was aborted and just kind of merged into this fairly succinct one-word title compilation mm-hmm. album.
0: Cool. Right.
1: Yeah. So, and then hypocritically, even though Warner Brothers said they didn't want to release Come and then the gold experience in Secession, Come was released on uh, August 16th, 1994 and the Black album was released about two months later with very little fanfare or promotion. So it is so confounding to think why do that and why not focus on this new material that he's given to you. So as far as the Black album goes, it was not recorded in the 90s. It was record- recorded in 1987. So we're going to cover that as a different part of the podcast and not consider it part of the 1994-1995 material, Despite even though that's the fact when it was, it was
0: released. It released. Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: So that's clear as mud.
0: Yeah. Sure. This was the 15th full-length album that he released. Right. He very much promoted it as a contractual obligation.
1: Yeah, so he, he treated portrayed it as it. old he, material. He
0: old material, even though there are a couple of songs that are new yeah, for this. Yeah, there were
1: songs on this album that were recorded after he changed his name to... The unpronounceable symbol, one of them right. being Let It Go. Right. But he still, you know, marketed <laughs> we'll, it as a Prince track. So there was definitely. We'll get there. Some blurred lines between when was he not Prince and when was he the love symbol, the artist formerly known as Prince, and a lot of it was his own choice as far as what worked in his wranglings with. Warner Brothers,
0: I right? Think. Yes, I agree. A lot of these songs came from a 1993 musical production, yes, called Glam Slam Ulysses that right. Prince put together. He it had limited performances in his nightclub. Right. It featured a then unknown dancer, Carmen Electra, whom right. we are familiar with. There were seven tracks from this album that were a part of that musical. Come, Space, Pheromone, Loose, Race, Dark, and Poem, which Poem kind of got changed. Chopped up. Chopped up and moved around and changed a little bit.
1: Yeah, that that, that stage show did not get good reviews. uh, No. And it did not last long.
0: No. It did not. But it was something Prince was trying. He was trying to get away from albums as much and trying to get his music out there via different means. Yes. And I guess that really didn't work out so well. But he tried some stuff, and we get to check it out. Yeah. Then there was the Beautiful Experience TV special. Right. Which aired in France and the UK, and it had... Six tracks: "Come," "Pheromone," "Loose," "Papa," "Race," and "Poem." Right, and psst, there may or may not be a link. Oh my gosh, to that one-hour special on our social media. So, I'm sorry, know, did you say something? No, nope, okay. I didn't say anything. So, it was from a concert that was performed at Paisley Park on February 13th, 1994. Yep, and in between that, the songs there's these segues with Nona Gay yes, that are a little weird, but you know, she's trying to tell a story and Nona Gay is beautiful and does a fine job. It's just a little strange. It was very ahead of its time. It was kind of, uh,
1: it was very internet-y when the internet wasn't quite yet a thing from a consumer standpoint and very interactive. You might say, quote unquote, just like the song about interacting with computer human-type things. Yeah. 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 Being lonely and finding something to do.
0: Yeah. Yes. It was kind of interesting. Yes.
1: It could have been called The Beautiful Experience, colon, Finding Things to Do on a Saturday Night.
0: <laughs> With, With Nona, Nona gay. gay.
1: Colon, <laughs> I Hate Saturday Nights. <laughs> Italics, I Wish There Was a Concert to Go To. <laughs> okay.
0: Parenthesis,
1: I'm a Little Bit of a Whiny Lady.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> It was a thing. It was an early 90s Prince thing. There was a VHS version of this sold on the 1-800-NEW-FUNK call-in yep. order line. That was but at a
1: time that um, we did not have any money to spend on those kinds of things. No, so I and evidently
0: it's probably just fine that we did not because it was evidently a videotaped directly from Japanese television broadcast that they were selling. Great. So it wasn't fantastic quality. Okay. All right. So shall we look at the...
1: Yeah, the, the CD itself. The CD itself yes. and so the it's cover. it's got some great photography from a book called The Sacrifice of Victor, which mm-hmm. is the name of a song from Prince's previous album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a f- book of black and white photography, and the cover features him in front of, I forget the name of the church in Barcelona. Mm-hmm there's other photography on the inside of him in front of this church, obviously, at night when there was no one else around.
0: Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's all black and white. It's a Prince, 1958-1993. Yes,
1: he was declaring Prince as a thing of the past.
0: Yes. He was a, a funeral of sorts. Yep. On the inside, there's some uh, credits for different people. I did look up a couple things. Okay. Because... I didn't know who they were. The names weren't familiar with me. Okay. So it says it was mastered at Paisley Park Studios by Chronic Freeze. Okay. So Chronic Freeze is also a man named Dave Friedlander. Did not know that. Yes. He did lots of work with Prince... Primarily in the early '90s, mm-hmm. he and he worked with Prince-related artists: Mavis Staples, at The Time, Eric Leeds, Javetta Steele, mm-hmm. T.C. Ellis. Mm-hmm. Also, he worked. He did engineering work on R.E.M.'s "Out of Time." Oh,
1: okay. And did they were. They, I think they recorded at least part of that album at Paisley Park.
0: Uh yes, I think so, yep. and they were also Warner Brothers yeah, artists. Uh-huh. Yep. And then he did some work with Everclear, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool, and he's done lots of other work. So that was kind of cool. cool.
1: And then Very cool. Did not know that.
0: The funeral and art direction is credited to JC Munson. Uh-huh. And he was a graphic artist for Prince from 1988 to 1994. This is evidently one of his favorite things that he worked on while he was working with Prince was the come photo shoot and all the materials that went along with it. And then we have some backwards type on this. This is the dawning of a new spiritual revolution. And then there's some lyrics for Let It Go. Right. Yeah.
1: Yep. So the spiritual revolution thing was a lyric line from one of the versions of Come that we have. Uh-huh. Um, and like you said, the other mirror message is just a line from Let It Go.
0: Yep. So that is a brief history of the album and a little bit talking about the artwork for the yep. album. Yeah. He does a good job of making high-waisted pants look very nice.
1: <laughs> he does.
0: <laughs> Not something many people, men or women, could pull, pull off.
1: Right. So, uh, so cool. overall, the album reached number 15 on the Billboard 200, which I thought...
0: Pretty pretty good for an
1: album that wasn't promoted at all, and it was his
0: fifteenth full-length album. Reached number fifteen, pretty cool. Um,
1: But it was kind of considered a failure from a sales standpoint because that was the lowest-charting album since controversy, right, back in nineteen eighty-one. But if I recall, Prince did a little bit of touring for Controversy and uh-huh. had some videos for Controversy. And mm, he, this one had he none of that. he tried to suppress this album mm. as much as possible. <laughs> so in spite of his own efforts, it still reached number 15 on the Billboard 200 and number two on the U.S. R&B album, chart. Yeah. All right. All right. So,
0: so shall we, s- we dive into the music?
1: Yes. We start off with the title track. Yes. Which was... A late addition to the album, and strangely. Um, also <laughs> the longest track on the album by far. 11 minutes and 30 seconds. By my math, it takes up more than 20% of this 59-minute album. But like we said, this was from a maxi single that Prince had been working on that was going to include many different versions of Come. This long version is the one that ended up actually on the album, and the maxi single was aborted. So right. it's interesting here that we get to... We know that what we're seeing here is probably the last of many incarnations of the song and sort of his last interpretation of it, I guess you could say.
0: I'm going to put all the things in it. It almost felt a little bit like the bathtub version of the song. Like everything he ever considered putting in the song, he just went ahead and stuck it in there. Oh, Uh,
1: like the kitchen sink, you mean?
0: Yeah, the kitchen sink. Yes. uh, Bathtub. Bathtubs are bigger. It could
1: hold more. That's true. That's helped plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so we, was... have, we have like this um, ocean wave sound that mm-hmm. starts off the album. The song starts and he invites you if you're 18 and over. He has something for your mind. Uh-huh. If you're 18 and over. 18 and over, one of the many mixes of the song, which actually got released on Crystal Ball right. a few years later. We're going to cover that as part of Crystal Ball. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, you know, many incarnations of the song. Yes. It gets a shout out, I guess, from the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. There's Prince performing with uh-huh. the NPG horns. Yes. and, and
1: Lots of horn work. Oh,
0: lots one. of horn work. Mm-hmm. And an ident- unidentified woman. Do we have any idea who... A woman
1: sounds like Maite to me saying okay. come,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, <clears throat> could be her, could be the woman who did the voiceover for all of the little interactive segues, also. Oh, okay, that's another possibility.
0: Okay, cool. I'm
1: not sure which.
0: Okay, if you had a chance to see the future, would you try? Man, that's a question,
1: yes, and seemingly oddly placed in a song that is on the surface completely all about
0: yeah oh. having
1: sexual pleasure right but there is this double meaning to it throughout the entire thing to let go and open yourself to new experiences which is something that Prince was experimenting with songs in this entire album yes that's my 14-second summation of an 11-minute and 30-second song.
0: That's perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I yeah. have a few more no. things I'd oh, like I'm, to...
1: I'm sure that we have. <laughs> I'd we like have, to talk about. We have more to talk about than that. But yeah, certainly the invitation to come is sexual in nature, but it's also an invitation to accept the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, to open yourself up to these new experiences.
0: Yes. I have a question. All right. Um, How do you... Wash between your soul and through your hair. Do you know? Well, I'm trying to decide if I think that that's metaphorical or if I think that it's a euphemism.
1: Well, explain both and I'll tell you which (laughs) I think is right.
0: (laughs) Okay, so the metaphorical would be like to. Cleanse your soul into a more open place to...
1: What, like leave your inhibitions behind? Leave your inhibitions
0: behind, forgive yourself of sins, Okay. sorts of things, like purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, or whatever. Right. Or... You have hair on your genitalia, and he might be asking Uh you to wash before he goes uh, for a picnic, yeah, so to speak.
1: Um, I think both of those are completely right.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, yes to
1: both. It's a (laughs) meta-euphemism.
0: Okay. A (laughs) euphor? (laughs) Euphor. All right. Um, There were some really, really great saxophone work mm-hmm. with vocalization yes. with it. Yes. It's pretty amazing. Yes,
1: this is a good headphone song, at least for parts of it. <laughs> great. It's a great <laughs> headphone experience. Uh, Mostly. <laughs> I think my favorite line in the entire thing is when he says, uh, like a splendid, open-ended, celibate friend p- pretending not to know it when I blow it in your eye.
0: Like a splendid, open-ended that's
1: got to be so one of my favorite. dirty. It's so dirty, but <laughs> it is. It's like sung in a speak sing kind of way that is interesting and fun. And he's completely into it. This does not sound like him putting a throwaway track together. No, no, what I'm no. Trying to say this yes. is. Uh, there's a lot of effort put into this to make it funky and fun for sure. That's
0: why I'm always like. This sounds this album sounds good. I mean, really, it's, it's pretty underrated, and it doesn't sound like he wasn't trying because we've heard Prince not trying, and this doesn't sound like that.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is because it was recorded before the I don't care about this music anymore right. attitude started, well, but we know that this song and Let It Go are newer, so there was definitely an effort to put you know something. Different in his catalog together, mm-hmm. for sure, and not just fulfill a contractual obligation, as, as he says. I think after he had it right. all compiled, it was easy to say, Well, because this is Prince and I'm moving past it, I'm going to badmouth this album and focus on what I consider the more new material, new direction.
0: Right. And well, and why did this. He picked a
1: favorite child. He
0: didn't not try to make this music good because he really wanted the. Glam Slam Ulysses to be good. Sure. So he made those all those songs, which is the bulk of this album. Yeah. Good. Thought it was a little mean. He told her not to cough or sneeze. Don't cough or sneeze. Oh. Like that's True. not that's uh very often sort of involuntary.
1: It is, but I guess <laughs> you can make requests. And <laughs> you know, if they come through, great. Yeah. You know, just keep it in mind. <laughs> if you could refrain, that'd be fine. Also, don't talk or breathe is part of his request as well.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, there's only so long you can not breathe. That's right. Yeah. And then there's some lyrics that are both silly and explicit. Okay. Like a strawberry, chocolate, Mm -hmm. Fender jazz, mashed potato, fuzz tone. What all a over, mess. All
1: over your thighs. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a mess. It is a mess. Everywhere.
1: Yep. I think that's his goal, though, is to make a mess there.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I think you know what I'm going to say next.
1: Oh, the mouth noises and that the kind mouth. Of- thing i think i remember reading a review of this album when it first came out where it said you know got into this part of the song where there's the oral sex part of the music and the review said something like and then Princeton gets into a parenthetical very average oral sex session <laughs> like, pokes what? fun at like there's nothing special or amazing about yeah. <laughs> what's on record here. It's just the noise that anyone's mouth and bodies would make.
0: Oh, and it's so... Um,
1: yes, it's all to the fore, and I figured it Super cringy. Is, yeah, a little, a little bit... Yeah, I thought it was over the top, and... It's again, supposed it's, to
0: be sexy, and it's just not. It sounds like somebody chewing with their mouth open, and... Yeah. I mean, I guess that's technically what it is, but it's gross. It's just, and really, I thought it was a great song up until that point. And after you could have just cut off yep. right before then and left it, uh, left the rest of it off and it would have been
1: yes. excellent. And that's where I go back to this being it's a, a too maxi long. single, like yeah. a super long remix of this song. The other versions of Come do not have that part in them. This is the only one that does, and it's 11 minutes and 30 seconds. So he's throwing everything yeah. know, into the bathtub, I guess you would say.
0: <laughs> or the sink, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we have Space. It was yes. the second single released in November of 1994, two and a half months after the album in the U.S. and Japan. Right. There was supposed to be an instrumental version on Madhouse 24, but that remains unreleased. We may
1: cover that in a subsequent episode of our podcast
0: okay. cool yes
1: there i mean there wasn't supposed to there there is a recording of it that's mostly it's just that was not intended for manhouse 24 never released, released. Yeah. yeah
0: this contains a sample of rapper 99's unreleased track 40 ounces also known as the boom yes uh, as far as i can tell 99's work is solely with prince
1: Yeah, there wasn't a lot of things that happened after that. So here's an associated artist who probably has an album's worth of material recorded with Prince that's now in Iron Mountain, sitting on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I went looking for it. I thought at some point, some of those songs had been released, and I was completely wrong. None of them Mm -hmm. have seen The Light of Day, but I think the part that is 99s, 40 ounces, or Boom is the part, you hear it a lot in the remixes for Space, where you hear, boom, the boom, the crooked letter, crooked letter, crooked letter, ah, it's like got a Mississippi spelling in it. (laughs) We'll get okay. into that, but I think that's where uh, that those samples were from, and it also wasn't clear, I read on Prince Vault, if those samples were part of the song originally, or if it was something that was added after it was recorded. Okay.
0: Completely unknown. Okay. It's Prince, Michael B. on the drums, Sonny T. on the bass guitar, Levi Cesar Jr. on the guitar, Eric mm-hmm. Leeds on the sax, yep. The Steels, a family vocal group on backup. Right. This single prompted Rolling Stone to say of Prince and his actions in the early 90s. Ooh,
1: I didn't read this. Let's hear it.
0: The most spectacular slow-motion career derailment in the history of popular music. I would agree. I would
1: agree. But I don't think that he, that was a surprise to Prince. I think he just didn't give an S about it. Right. Um, He didn't care at all. He was ready for a new start and uh, was ready to accept whatever consequences there were. I don't think any of that was a surprise to him or his people. You can't tell me there weren't people sitting around Prince advising him that, hey, you've got a pretty recognizable trademark as a one-word First name only artist, and to turn your back on that is career suicide. Yeah, and uh, obviously he went ahead with it.
0: Yeah, it, it worked out in the end, but it of did. course in 1994, how would Rolling Stone know that that would be the case? Right. It so reached, I don't. I don't disagree. Right. It reached number seventy-one on the R&B hip-hop chart. Not. Mm-hmm. Great, but it charted in the top 100, so, yeah, you know. I'm
1: surprised, because after the success of a song like Seven, which was sort of, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was uh, kind of you know,
0: incomprehensible, but yeah. really catchy.
1: Which was, yeah. you know, one of the more recent singles that he'd had before this album came out. Space is sort of in that same direction. You can... Understand the words, but it may take a number of committed listens to really get the full meaning. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have a super pop sing along kind of sound to it. It's more unique and certainly spacey.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, and he goes for a literal space sound with some samples from NASA.
1: Yes, with countdowns. we have some lyrics kind of things (laughs) (laughs) yes
0: Um, yeah and there's some really cool plunky keyboards and we get Prince singing in his deeper register, which I'm always a fan of. Yes,
1: I know. Well, actually, low and high. You yes. You the, you know, uh, don't you want to go where the souls go, mm-hmm. where the tears flow. That's sort of, sort of sung in a high falsetto. Where the souls
0: go. The where the tears blow, the, where the love breaks. Do you want to go?
1: But his delivery of the uh, each verse is definitely very low. Yes, um, and I thought it had a similar meaning to them as the previous song. Come, a lot of it was you know him questioning, "Do you want to go? Right. All you have to do is make a choice, and uh, you can open yourself up to something that's even better than the reality that you know."
0: Yeah, a new, a new experience. A new
1: experience. I love the dir- the directness in the lyrics, mm-hmm. which I on first listen long ago I misunderstood, but you know the first line. <sighs> He sings, I've never been one to hide my feelings, baby you blow my mind. I painted your face upon my ceiling, I stare at it all the time. I've never been one to hide.
0: I love that.
1: Which is really pretty and very prince-like.
0: Well, and it's also like an interesting twist on the sexual because especially like in the 80s and you think of somebody doing like sexy in their bedroom, they put mirrors above their bed.
1: Yeah. Oh, and he painted her face.
0: And he painted her face. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, he was probably laying there touching himself while he looked at it, but it was also really like sweet. Yes. It wasn't just uh,
1: superficial. Yeah. It was more than that. Yeah. My Uh, Understanding of the lyric. I always thought, well, this is the dumbest lyric I've ever heard because he's singing, I've never been one to hide my feelings, but baby, you blow my mind. I, th- I heard a but in there uh-huh. that was like, well, you just said that you've never been one to hide your feelings. Then you say, <laughs> I don't know. I, I got it confused, but knowing that the word but is not in there, it just cleared things, it, it up, for cleared you? things up for me. Oh, okay. yes. Opened up space to me a lot.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then another like, sensual, but not so explicit uh-huh. line. Everything I want to do to your body, baby, I would do to your hand.
1: I'm
0: like, I is think it that's hand a... hand
1: or is it head? There have oh, been a lot of discussions oh, among Prince I, Universe. Oh, does, does he say, I have
0: always heard your hand, and so it always kind of made me think of them... This was the image that I had in my brain. They're in some, like, large function, a ballroom. Oh, okay. There's music playing. They can't kiss and, you know, have yeah, a... PDA. Yeah, too much PDA. But he would take her hand and caress it and mm. kiss it. And, okay. you know, in a way that was appropriate, but also, like, suggestive that, you know hey, later, mm. we got some yeah. stuff happening. He's so. laying
1: out a, 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 a table of contents <laughs> to refer to later.
0: Yes. That's so. kind of how I always pictured it. And and then to say that to her, there there's if he were 10 feet closer to her, that's uh-huh. what he'd do.
1: Yes. You know, okay. I think it's
0: hand. I'm going to go on the record. All
1: right. Hand. I think it's head. And the reason is the album starts with, if you're 18 and over, I've got something for your mind. It was all about a head oh. trip from the beginning. Get into space, and oh. it's, if you and I were ten feet closer, then I'd make you understand everything I want to do to your body, baby, I would do to your head. Oh. Although hand is better rhyme with understand. Head, to me, makes more sense into what the message in this song is, that it's mm. uh, a uh, an experience of the mind as it is as much as it is of the body.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. That's it. I didn't know that there was controversy. Oh, yeah. Lots Stumbled of Stumbled into, into controversy.
1: So th- this song produced one of the last great maxi singles of Prince's career, and I can't wait to get into that. But okay. We'll talk
0: about that in another episode. Very cool. Yeah. So I was thinking about what is the space? Uh-huh. You know, obviously it's everything outside of the Earth's atmosphere. Right. But perhaps it's a little more metaphysical and metaphorical that it's a sexual and romantic way to fall in love. It's ah. the space where you fall in love. Okay. It's like a little little bubble uh-huh. that they've had dreams of cuddling on the planet Mars. Right. Ah. That they have a desire for privacy, to be alone, so that they can be in the space where they can fall in love.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good take on it also. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's also a sexual reference to certain parts of the body. Of course. Also, a second reference to the planet Mars in a Prince song, within a short period of time, he had released The Most Beautiful Girl in the World, not long before this album, And there's a line in that that says, uh, If the stars ever fell one by one from the sky, I know Mars cannot be far behind. And then we get space, Mars mentions. So he was definitely getting into astrology on some level here.
0: Well, yes, and he very much had a... Or astronomy, I should say. Well, whatever. He was definitely seeing himself and Maite as fated lovers. and Yep. So I think that was...
1: All part of it. All part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. an interest in space and the stars. Right. Yeah. It was their love was written in the stars. Yeah. 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 All right. Then we have the third song on the album, Pheromone. Right. As of April of 1993, an instrumental version of this song was used as the theme song for BET's Video LP television show. Uh, it was a 30-minute live call-in show that showcased R&B and hip-hop videos, and viewers would call in with opinions. All
1: right. So. And that was an instrumental version of it that we was used for it.
0: Yes. Um,
1: it would seem to, on the surface that Come would be the most sexual song on the album, but I think Pheromone has it beat as far as kinkiness goes. Mm-hmm. I also read that there was, uh, in 1999, on loveforoneanother.com, which was Prince's website at the time, a fan asked where the story for the song came from, and Prince simply replied, Carmen Electra and the Crazy Horse. Yes. Um, Do you know
0: what the Crazy Horse is?
1: Yes, but go ahead.
0: It's a saloon in Paris, Yes, and they have a cabaret show Mm -hmm. that still is happening, and it's evidently very famous. It's similar to the... Moulin Rouge Okay. for the type of show. It's an adults-only show. It's fairly sexual, but it's not, really, it's not really a strip show. It's more singing and mm-hmm. dancing and with some nudity. Okay. So it's a little more artistic than like gotcha. a strip joint.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little more high class. Yeah. So this song starts off with Prince almost spelling out the word Love, L O V. Uh huh. L is for lust. L is for lust. O is for, o is for obsession. V is for the vast way you envelop my soul. This is crazy. This is crazy. I could die from the pheromone. V is for the vast way you my soul. This is crazy. And it struck me in putting notes together for our podcast that this is the second song that Prince has had letters involved and the letter E was omitted, the first being oh. Alphabet Street, where the letter E was left out at the very end of the song. Uh-huh. And here he doesn't complete the spelling of the word love. He goes L O V. And then doesn't get to the letter E. And then uh,
0: later in his career, he just leaves the E's off of everything. (laughs) (laughs) At least if it starts with an E. He does? Expectation. Oh, gotcha. Yes, there
1: was an album of X Uh letter Yeah, that should
0: have started with E's and did not. Correct, you're right. Yeah.
1: So I just thought maybe that's a little way of saying the song isn't really about love. It's more about lust or Mm -hmm. obsession, that kind of thing. Uh, but Prince serves as a bystander looking on mm-hmm. in this song. He's a voyeur, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah. It seems very animalistic. When yeah. When you talk about pheromone, that's why I think it's less about
1: mm-hmm. it's actual just about
0: love. It's about instincts and yeah.
1: inhibitions mm-hmm. being gone. But with I went and re-read the lyrics to this, too, because sometimes they can be hard to understand in parts with him singing in a falsetto voice, and there's this very loud... Drum beat that can kind of drown his voice out in some parts, but this sounds like it's straight from Game of Thrones to me.
0: Oh, really? See, and yeah. I thought it sounded like Eyes Wide Shut to me.
1: Okay, well.
0: Similar sort of. He unties her and she runs for the open door. Uh-huh. That really made me think of Eyes, Eyes Wide, Wide Shut. Shut, like where it was this. And the voyeurism—he's a bystander watching. That was very much, you know, the big house with mm-hmm. all the people wearing the masks and doing the, yeah, unspeakable things, right? So evident, consensually, it seemed. Oh but yeah,
1: you yes, you know, yeah. what you're getting on admission. Mm-hmm. I saw it from the beginning of the lyrics. I can see the castle. I can see the throne. I can see the beloved, and she's not alone. But it's cool like that because I'll be digging her just the same.
0: I can see the castle the mm-hmm so
1: he's watching these two people mm-hmm. uh, but still has feelings for one of the two that are involved doesn't bother right. him
0: it's more of a almost like a cuckold relationship. Yep. He's enjoying watching his yes. interest.
1: I love the line, because curiosity, it knows no shame. Curiosity,
0: it knows no shame.
1: I thought that was one of the more interesting mm-hmm. lines in Pheromone. It reminded me also of Stephen King's The Eye of the Dragon.
0: Oh, gosh. that's a
1: good book. Not because of uh, the sexual aspect of it, but because there was this dragon and there's this person that's watching and sees all these secrets through this one particular unknown hiding spot. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what Princess found. Yeah. To watch all of this go down. Masturbation, guns, and all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, the song's really, like, catchy, but the more attention that I paid to the lyrics, the more uncomfortable it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Almost like she's a little borderline abused. Yes,
1: definitely. I agree. I think that's almost intentional, or was intentional. I mean, it's this danceable song. Like, like, if you're not paying, I think Prince really
0: liked to do that. He really liked to, like, give you a song that, was kind of fun, and you kind of sing along to it, and kind of dance <laughs> to it, and then you start realizing what you're singing, what you're dancing to, and you, it's not really.
1: Yes, and you're like, so oh, I what need what to, to be oh, doing. I need to write this down in my book of personal regrets. What <laughs> was I? What was I doing? I should have paid closer attention. <laughs> uh. But it's still a good song. I think it's a cool. It definitely fits into this the aura and the look and feel and the sound of this album is definitely pheromone. Yes, fits right into it very very well. There were there. It's just full of un- things that make you a little uncomfortable. Um, at the same time, Prince telling you open yourself up to some some new experiences. So he. I don't know, delivers on his promise, I guess you could get from the beginning, that he's got something for our minds. He didn't say, you're going to like it a lot.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's fair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then we get into, I know, one of your, it's got to be one of your favorite all-time Prince songs. If you wrote down a top ten, this has got to be in it, right? With loose.
0: Yep. Yes. One, two, three, four,
1: one, two, three, four.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, his frantic counting. (laughs) Yep. Man, I love it. It's all Prince, despite giving shout-outs to Tommy Barbarella and Sonny P. Yep. It's fun and danceable. It's a club song without being too clubby.
1: Yep, I agree. That's which is,
0: I, it was. it's like a club song, It is. It's like but a, it's not a the, sp- that's driving it's got the driving beat, but not in an irritating way
1: yeah, it has a little more life to it than just yeah. like a DJ kind of mix even though the first time I heard it, I thought oh, someone's got a hold of a Prince song and has remixed it, and he's used the remix on the album, but that's mm. not it at all nope. this was him playing every single instrument, mm-hmm. despite like you said, calling out other band members even <laughs> calling out for turnarounds turnarounds he yeah. could. I mean, he's the one doing it. Yeah. You know, he's he's telling <laughs> he's himself what to do. He's the one turning it around. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is a remix of Get Loose on Crystal Ball, which yep. we'll
1: cover later. Yes. Let me see that body, parenthesis, Get Loose.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought this song was sort of another version of purple music, hmm. a little bit. Okay. That the music is a drug. Yes. And that it alters you in yeah. a in a way, whereas purple music was a little more calming. A little mm-hmm. more like pot, I would say. <laughs> yes. Well, <this laughs> Not is. that I have an experience with that, but from what I understand, this is a little more energizing and crazy-making, like yeah. how you might uh, be familiar with meth or cocaine or bath salt, something like that. Like the music hits and it makes you bananas. Yeah. Well, yeah. it
1: says when the music hits... You don't, don't know, know what, what to, to do. do. When the music, hit, you
0: don't know what to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely a pure dance track that has a chorus that's not quite like any other chorus in a prince song before, especially push your body to the front and shake your mfing do loose. Mm. Push your It's I know so you good. love it. It's so uh, good. I mean, I think this is a song where the lyrics match the music so well, um, and it does sound like the kind of place Prince was in if he was going to record a danceable club song. That it's got like this element of fun, yet a little bit of darkness to it, mm-hmm. also that work well together.
0: Yes, there are some super cool keyboards that oh, kind of yeah. almost hum. Yeah. You know, the beat is driving. There's a sliding stereo sound. It kind of goes back and forth, but not in the way that makes me dizzy. It kind of, it slides from one side and then back again. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not like dizzying. A it's not like one side, then the other. It slides. Mm-hmm. And so- I love it. And then he's got this cool, he announces a cool guitar solo. Yep. Guitar solo. Um, I like that he promotes education.
1: Yeah, get your education.
0: Uh-huh. Banging gangs, slanging wings and rock won't get you nothing but an angry cop. Banging gangs, slanging and rock. Won't you nothing but an angry cop. Get your education first and then buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> get your education first and buy a pair of shoes. I think that this is referring to a specific cultural thing that was in the early 90s. In 1990, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, they had a story about kids killing each other over sneakers and other apparel that was desired by drug dealers. So I think he's encouraging people to get an education. Just buy your own shoes. You don't have to hurt anybody else for shoes. So I I think that that it's referring to a specific cultural event.
1: I agree completely. (laughs)
0: Okay, so this bit confused me and I had to look some stuff up. So, I got the clothes, I got the bank, and I got the crew. crew. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got that. It's very clear. If you look real close, I even got your garden tool. tool. And I'm like, garden tool?
1: Are you sure that's right? Yes. Okay.
0: Um... I I am, because okay. I went to Urban Dictionary, and for the second episode in a row, Urban mm. Dictionary came through for me. Okay. I'm very excited. Let's hear it. Uh, a garden tool is a dirty, uneducated hoe. Huh. She, it's a woman who is uh, maybe a little fast uh-huh. and not smart, and so he's saying, I got all this stuff, and I got your girl, too. Hmm. So.
1: I always heard it as, if you look real close, I even got your body too. That's oh. how I, and I was so confident that that was right, I didn't even look up the lyrics.
0: Mm, nope, garden tool.
1: All right. Yep. Garden tool. I even it got is. your girl.
0: So there we go. And then it just ends with cool.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: Which is how I feel about this song.
1: <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> um, then we roll into Papa. Yep. Which Prince hinted that this was semi-autobiographical. I think it's probably semi-autobiographical in the same way that Purple Rain was semi-autobiographical. You know, events have been enhanced to make the story better. Uh Uh-huh. For sure.
0: Yes. Yes. Prince, Michael B. on drums, Sonny T. on bass guitar. Right. Prince's mother did say that mm-hmm. Prince's childhood was more peaceful than this song might indicate.
1: Right, she said something along the lines of they had, you know, your normal, everyday arguments. Mm-hmm. His mother and father, well, we also know that his dad... Did not commit suicide, which he right. did do in Purple Rain and does do in, this, in song. this song. Yes. So I don't. I think they're all saying the same thing, that Prince said it was semi-autobiographical. I'm sure that he probably could have gotten hit by his dad when he got home from a hard day's work. And
0: or when his he, dad caught him in bed with a girl at 12.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep, those things might upset parents.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, it's a commentary on child abuse. He's making a point that a storm starts. As Papa hits the little boy. Yeah. And I had always kind of seen that as, you know, just like sad. Yeah. And then and and then the dad commits suicide. And then I kind of have the as an older adult now listening to the song and thinking more closely about the lyrics, maybe it was almost a way of protecting his child because he's he's frustrated with the child, he's frustrated with himself at his lack of parenting skills. Right.
1: He's he's mad at the dandelions.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He is.
1: First he crucified every dandelion. Okay.
0: But, you know, I don't know if he knows when he locks the little boy up that he's gonna commit suicide, but locking the little boy up, as awful as it is, may be a way of protecting that child yeah. from, from seeing what him. what he could do? Well, or not what he could do, from seeing him commit suicide or finding his body.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant. Somebody protecting else. Protecting him would, from what his dad could do. Like, he yes, wouldn't be around like, to see the right. violence. Or, yeah. you know, and if he's... You can't beat him if he can't see him, also. Right,
0: yes. Then he says, uh, don't abuse children or else they'll... Turn out like me. Don't abuse children, or else they turn out like me. Yeah. And so he's declaring himself deficient in some way.
1: I think he's declaring himself abnormal.
0: Okay. I don't know if it's
1: deficient, but, you know, people see him, certainly saw him during this period, as an odd person. Right. A, a freak. Um, Which he embraced, of course. But also, I think a lot of parents would love to have a child that was this talented and would grow up to be this successful enough to be able to turn his back on his own name and start fresh halfway through his career. Right.
0: Right. Well, and that's kind of like... It's a weird statement. It is a, a little bit of a weird statement, but it makes me wonder, were there flaws that he saw in himself that maybe we as listeners...
1: Well, sure, he got to edit everything that we heard officially, and right, I, and he got to build his own universe. You know, he made a family for himself out of musicians and associated artists and dancers and uh graphic artists and lighting people mm-hmm. who were just brought in because he felt like they could do the job, and so he filled his life with the stories that he wanted and then he told the stories that he wanted through his music. Right. So the truth is probably less rosy. Yeah. We're getting the more, Facebook more version. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I just, it made me a little sad to think of it as, you know, what, what was it about himself that he didn't want children to turn out like him? Mm-hmm. You know that? Cause that line rings pretty true to me. Okay, so I don't know. It was just something to think about. About him
1: being, um, you know, hadn't been able to commit to a single woman before, made a real family of his own. Probably by 1994, had regrets about how he treated people at the height of his popularity in the 80s. So that could all be part of it too. Is you know acknowledging that he was not a perfect person by any Mm -hmm. stretch.
0: Yeah. But then it kind of ends on a positive note, you know, that we all know pain, but Mm -hmm. love is still valuable and important. And And then there's, there's there's always a rainbow at the end of every rain. There was a... Rainbow above Paisley Park on the day of Prince's death. Yes. So yeah. that's an yeah. Easter egg that he could have never known that yeah. he was going to give us.
1: Very true. Very true. Yep. Certainly a disturbing, slash, eye opening, slash, maybe only partially true song. Yeah. But I think, you know, good music touches you or gets your attention in one way or another. And this song definitely does that. That's
0: absolutely fair. Yeah. All right. Then we have. Race, recorded as on the same day as Go-Go Dancer at the record plant uh, in Hollywood. My right,
1: Go-Go Dancer being a song that was Carmen Electra's, so her connection to Prince certainly stretches into this album, <laughs> yes. Yes. Race was the oldest song on the album, um, and it was initially recorded between... The Diamonds and Pearls album and the Love Symbol album. Okay, so it had been reworked for this recording, but it dates back a few years earlier.
0: Right. Cool, it's Prince, Maité on background vocals, the mm-hmm. MPG Horns melodies, and a sample from Face the Music by uh-huh. the Steals. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, which then the Steals yeah. recorded a bunch of backing vocals for Prince songs. Yeah, uh, so they did a lot
0: music. on uh, the Gold Experience, right? Mm. Um, don't know. Oh. I have no idea. I believe that's the case. I'll find out more about that when we cover the Gold Experience. I'll confirm that. Okay. Don't, don't take my word on that at the moment. Prince calls for the lead line, and then it's awesome. Lead line. It's yeah. great. I love it. Yes.
1: Yeah, I this is a song that I enjoy, but it feels a little like it could have been more thumping. It's a little tinny to me. Okay. Like a little mechanical. Okay. And maybe that's the intention. And then the more, this is one, the more I listen to the lyrics, I'm not quite sure that I'm all that in agreement with them. <laughs> There's. Yes. You know, certainly. I, the, certainly I appreciate
0: the. These. Thought behind them?
1: Well, the chorus with, you know, it's very simple, race in the space, I'm our human. Race in the space, I'm our human. Uh Cut me, cut you.
0: Both the blood is red, I gotcha. I'm not
1: black, I'm not white. He had sung this about this endless times before. Uh You know, cut me, cut you. Both the blood is red. I'm you know, he's saying we're all the same. Right. However, he's also saying let's not learn from our past mistakes. (laughs) He's saying, let's not even discuss them. I don't want to know why we didn't get along. Right. I'd rather just move forward. I don't want to know why those big boys hated each other. I'd rather believe they never did. I think Um, that's
0: a little... We, naive.
1: It's a very naive way of looking at you know what we all I think understand is the only way we're going to get out of a cycle of hatred is to come to an understanding of, well why would we get there in the first place to make sure that it doesn't happen again?: Yeah, if you just pretend it doesn't happen again, you're almost doomed to repeat it: Yes, uh, so those are the problems I've got with
0: I with racism: I agree. Prince is oh. apparently
1: into board games. I didn't know that before. Thank God this ain't Monopoly. You <laughs> yeah. make us all go back to start.
0: Yeah. Thank God this ain't Monopoly. You make us all go back to start. Going back to what you were just saying, yeah. it's maybe a little bit like Moonbeam Levels where he's yeah. kinda he's wanting to yeah, he not just... examine the past but repeat the things that have given good outcomes. And he just kinda wants to ignore all the bad things in race relations. And I think that that's, while I appreciate that he wants to solve a problem, I think this is not really the best way to do it, though. I don't expect him to be able to do that in the space of a few minutes in a song. of a
1: song. It seemed like with moonbeam, moonbeam levels, it was more about personal mistakes, not right. about racial inequity or mistreatment of, you know, a group of people for racial reasons. Where here, you know, where you could just decide as a person, I'm just going to... I've, I've. See, he has learned as a person what good things are, and he wants to repeat them. Where in race, he just doesn't want to know anything about history, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. It
0: was his least favorite subject in school.
1: Yes. I'd rather be doing math and (laughs) putting my guitar deep (laughs) under the ocean.
0: (laughs) Well, I have a misheard lyric. Okay. So I always thought it was race in the space a la human. So like, for example, human. Oh, Which it kind of has the same in its i Mark human.
1: Right. This is Prince filling out. A, did Prince fill out a lot of insurance forms? Or, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I don't know. But he was familiar anyway. He with went to the, the doctor, or maybe to get a loan. I bet you Prince had filled out a form or two.
0: Uh huh. Um, that asked for that
1: asked for race, race race,
0: which now if you saw that on a form, they would call it ethnicity. Right. They wouldn't call it race. Yep. Well, that's
1: because people did what Prince didn't want to do, which was. Learn a little history uh-huh. and try to do better. Right. right, but
0: then he spells history for us. Yeah, he spells it out, and yeah. it ends with Y. Down with H I S T O I Y. Yes, and then he rhymes that with
1: propaganda.
0: Propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> and all this BS propaganda. Which is a Canadian punk and heavy metal band <laughs> that formed in 1986. Uh I don't think that he knew anything about that. I I think he was uh, trying to just make a rhyme. But I thought I'd mention Propaganda is is a band.
1: Yes, I (laughs) I agree with you. I don't think he he was familiar with them. It was just a way to rhyme propaganda with history. But that rolls into, uh, I don't want to know why those before us hated each other. I'd rather believe they never did. I'd rather believe that there's hope for a kid. If he imitates the best, that's what I'll try to be, and I will let the rest dissolve with my guitar underneath the sea.
0: And if he imitates the best, I guess that's what i try to be. And i let the rest dissolve with my guitar underneath the sea.
1: Part of that I love. The other part at the beginning yeah. was I don't, you know. this. I don't want to know. Yeah, this wanting to just turn your back on the opportunity. We should be grasping at the chance to learn about how we got into the situation that we are not. Right.
0: So that we can fix it. Yes.
1: Not not be naive enough to think that if you turn your back on it, that you're somehow (laughs) going to be behaving and performing better than everyone before you who clearly did not do a good job (laughs) with their decisions. Yeah.
0: But then he says he wants to be a good example.
1: Yeah. Reluctantly. Reluctantly. I want to be a good example. If he (laughs) imitates the best, I guess that's what I'll try to be. So, (laughs) It's not a,
0: oh, I think that's more, I don't think that that's a, I guess I'll try and be the best. I th- I read it as more of a, I'm going to try and be the best person that I can possibly be so that the imitation is worthy.
1: It comes off to me as I'm going to be this way because someone is imitating me, not because I just want to be mm. A role model to begin with. Okay. It's almost, it's almost a backwards way of looking at it too. Like to say the only reason I behave well is because I have kids who look up to me. Well, uh-huh. that's fine and all, but maybe you ought to be doing the right thing regardless of whether there's a child looking up at Isn't
0: you. that the definition of character is doing the right thing even when nobody's looking?
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying... Prince is a bad role model. He's a terrible person and this song just embodies his stupidity on, you know, reasoning for trying to be the kind of person he really was, which I think was a fairly loving, respectful, giving person who cared about others, but right. the way that some of this is phrased just never sat quite right with me. Okay. I'll quit That's talking fine. about it.
0: That's fine. Yes, because we have a few more songs to cover yet.
1: Yeah, face the music. <laughs> We're all bones when we dead.
0: Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Dark. Right. Another song that has a remix on Crystal Ball. Uh-huh. It's called So Dark there. It sure is. Uh, Prince seemed to have a fondness for this song. hmm There's a remix on Crystal Ball. There's a October 2012 rehearsal by Prince and the NG- NPG that was streamed on... Andy's Aloe's pay- Facebook page, <clears throat> <Right. clears throat> which has since been removed, Yeah, um, and January of 2014, he did a live video of So Dark with mm-hmm. Third Eye Girl on their YouTube channel, also removed. Yep, It was Prince, Michael B. on the drums, Sunny T. on the bass guitar, Tommy Bombarella on keyboard, Mr. Hayes on keyboard, and the NPG horns, so this is yeah probably the most most collaborative, album.
1: yeah, yeah, even though it's and it's got the the most live feel of a song too of any mm-hmm. um here kind of studio live recorded. it's the album's first ballad and it's also the second longest song it's six minutes and ten seconds
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the album. um I thought that this in a musical uh, you know musically, it hints at other prince ballads that would follow over the years like. On the Couch in music- mm-hmm. on, on Musicology, Satisfied from 3121, has this kind of bluesy feel. Yep. When She Comes, which is from his final album, Hit and Run Phase 2, but very typically cute Prince song about feeling done wrong by mm-hmm. a lover or by a woman and also reminded me a little bit of the lyrical content of something in the water does not compute uh, since we're coming off of the nineteen ninety-nine era yep. era. You know, Prince is the victim here. Yeah. Which I know you love. I know you love <laughs> it when Prince positions himself as the victim.
0: <laughs> yeah, poor little Princey. Yep. Poor little Princey. And he says dark strangely in the chorus. So he uh, says dark three times uh-huh. each line of the chorus. And the second time he says it, it's weird.
1: It sounds to me like the Minnesotan accent coming uh, through a little yeah. bit because, uh, yeah, even if you think about, you know, we just recently talked about Vanity Six, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and with Prince playing the other woman on "If a Girl Answers, Don't Hang uh-huh. Up." And there's a line in it where he says, "I'm sorry, baby, but I never go to singles bars." The uh-huh. way he he's got a certain way of saying the vocal sound R, and uh-huh. it comes out in dark. And sometimes when he says the word car, see, it didn't bother me bar. there.
0: It bothers me a little bit in this one. Oh,
1: I thought to me, it's like, oh, that's that's Prince. I he doesn't he doesn't is. think mm. of himself as having a northern accent, and um, he totally, but he does he did, a little he bit. Totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's sad. He only sees rain even though the sun is shining. Yep.
1: There is one part of the song that kind of almost sounds like a break in the clouds where he sings, sunshine, somebody make the sun shine.
0: Uh-huh. sunshine. Uh-huh.
1: It's kind of this happy little moment uh-huh. in the song that I just, visually, to me, it sounds like a break in the clouds. Yeah. And it's my favorite part in, yeah. the, in the whole song.
0: Yeah. That's so, fair.
1: Yeah. But it has kind of a keyboard line, a bluesy keyboard line that goes throughout the entire song that kind of ties it all together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you get some great singing from Prince, I think, his vocal mm-hmm. delivery on this. Yeah. You know, it ranges from... He goes really really deep, he goes really, really high, there's a little bit of screaming involved too. Mm -hmm. So this is definitely a stretch vocally for him in a studio track. Yep. Which I appreciate.
0: He only brings up Noah built the ark because it rhymes with Dark. Just as sure as
1: Noah. Yes, just as sure as Noah built the Ark, that's how sure I am, you broke my heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. He has faith in biblical stories. Yeah. It's a little overlong. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually think that So Dark is a better track.
0: Oh, okay. Well, so, then I look forward to it. So
1: put that in your pocket for okay. later. For later. Yep.
0: All right. Then we have Solo, uh-huh. the B-side to the first single, which we have not gotten to yet, which was Let It Go. Yep. Prince wrote the music and sung it, but David Henry Wang who Yay. wrote the Tony-winning Broadway play M. Butterfly, yep. uh, wrote the lyrics. Prince had asked Wang to write him a poem about loss, uh-huh. and that was the lyrics for the song. It is not about Star Wars.
1: No, it is not. <laughs> That's a good point. I had not made that connection. Is this is not about... Hans and his adventures on no. Millennium Falcon. Yes, I just I love the story that uh, Prince asked uh, Wang to write a poem about loss. Like you said, he was going to use it for a spoken word segue or part of a song. Right. And it's not known how long it took, but... Just, again, a reminder of the time that Wang eventually faxed the poem (laughs) to Paisley Park. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then it said, after the fax arrived, a few days later, uh, Wang received a cassette in the mail with this finished song solo on it. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to know that he wasn't paid for his contributions. No,
0: yes, He got credit
1: on, Uh you know, a gold album, a co-writing credit. With Prince, I haven't seen if that's that sat well with him or.
0: Oh, I did. He did seemed, you... yeah. Uh, what I read was that he was just excited to have written a song with Prince, okay. and like he didn't even realize that's what he was doing. He wrote this poem, uh-huh. which is good. I think the delivery is good, and I think the lyrics are good because as a poem, but I don't know that I really love it altogether.
1: Oh. I thought this was stunning the first oh, time I really? heard it. Usually I get to slow songs on a Prince album and I've got to be in the right place to, you know, take them in. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because a lot of them, especially um, from 1988 until this point, 1994, have similar themes. And there was sort of a sure. blueprint for Prince for ballads. This was did not follow that blueprint at all. No. First of all... Uh, Basic, you know, it says Prince wrote the music. There's very little of that in here. Well,
0: but he wrote how how the lyrics were sung.
1: Yes. Um, That's
0: music, too. Sure, I
1: understand that. Um, But his. (laughs) delivery on this song is very open and very vulnerable. It Mm -hmm. doesn't seem like, oh, come on, Prince, you're just telling a story or making something up. Right. Even though the words, and then to know that the words were written by someone other than him. Yeah. And that I think that this does encompass his mental state during the struggle with Warner Brothers. You know, he made it about a battle and trying to be on the right side of it, but it had to be, hard on him, it had to be sad, oh, it had to yeah. be a little depressing, he'd had this long run of hits and had just become to the point where he wanted to do things more in his own way and for one reason or another, he signed a contract that he never that he decided pretty quickly he didn't want to be a part of. His fault, no one else's. But I just thought that this was an, unlike any other, certainly unlike any other song on this album and yes. unlike any ballad that we had heard. Uh, in a very long time yeah. from Prince. Okay. So for that reason, I just thought definitely a stretch for him. Also to be exposed as an artist where all you have on the song is your voice. Yeah. And when you're capable of doing so much else. But his I, voice might not have been his best instrument. Yeah. It may have been, but certainly had competition from his... Uh, talents on a piano on a guitar on drums and he stripped this down to just his voice which is rare
0: which I did like how you immediately got a very specific vision when you heard this song because it sounds like he's in a very large room alone and it almost feels like you could you can close your eyes and see him almost looking like he does on the cover in black and white in a mm-hmm. room that you can tell is very large, but there's just a one beam of light illuminating of him, him yeah. as he sings these mournful lyrics right. in, a, in a huge room alone.
1: See, how can you not love that? You described it beautifully. Um, so yeah, it's not about Star Wars. It's uh, it is about being... Alone or so low, but uh-huh. also feeling so low. low, L-O-W. Yes, which I thought
0: that was a great play on words. Oh, yeah, this and... is
1: a great one to read the lyrics to. So low, the curb looks like a skyscraper. So high, the stars are under me. Uh, it's like no matter where he goes, there's just him, and everything else in the world is far beyond reach. Right. Which I thought was really, really well written. Of course, not by Prince, but very... I don't know, somehow this guy summed up Prince's feelings into a way that he was inspired enough to make it a song, and I think that's really cool. It is cool. Mm-hmm. It is cool. Especially knowing that this song was recorded at the same time as What's My Name, which is a song that ended really? up on Crystal Ball also, okay. where he closes the song, you know, that says he says, I'm so lost, no one can find me, and I've been looking for so long, but now I'm done. I'm so low, so low my name is no one.
0: I'm so low, so low, my name is e. no
1: and it almost uh-huh. told the story of the his name change right. also inadvertently through this other man's poem. So to me that's how it all ended up as just kind of this fascinating short little thing. If you don't appreciate it, it's, you know, it's a quick stop on this album. Um it is odd that it follows the other ballad, so it is part of a long stretch of slowness uh-huh. on this on this album. Right. Which maybe it's hurt by its placement too.
0: Okay. Okay, then we have Let It Go, the first single, right. came out a week before the album release. reached number 31 on the Hot 100, and number 10 on the R&B hip-hop charts. Yeah, I
1: do remember hearing this on the radio. Um, which I was, do not. Oh, I do. Uh, from time to time I would hear it. Um, I thought it was an easy choice as the album's first single. If you listen to this and you think, well, what song is the one that you could sing along with the
0: easiest. Yes. I thought
1: this was it. Yes. Um, but it still isn't without connection to the story of I'm letting things go, I'm changing my name, you're going to miss me when I'm gone
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing that kind of grew long in the tooth pretty quickly, I think, from public perception anyway. Yep. It's also the only song on the album to cheat with the one-word title thing.
0: Yes. They're all, it's all pushed together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's fine. Uh-oh. It's
0: Prince, mm-hmm. uh, Kathleen Bradford on background vocals, Eric Leeds on flute, Ricky mm-hmm. Peterson on keyboards and the NPG horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it supposedly contains a sample of James Brown's Funky President People It's Bad. I oh, I didn't know that. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't... F- figure out where that was. Okay.
1: I don't know either. Um, I didn't realize it, it contained but a sample of all. it's
0: listed on who sampled.
1: Yeah. So this is Prince sort of telling the story of his history, I guess, as an artist. Uh-huh. And success was important to him. Popularity was important to him. But because of those reasons, there was never a good, she- a good seat at a- any of his shows because they weren't heartfelt, I guess you could uh, say. Okay. That was my interpretation. And... Now he's ready to let it go and just be, like he said. Once his contract with Warner Brothers is over, he would say things like, "Now that I'm free, I let the wind blow me to wherever it takes right. know, my talent. So that's so. Is, is this up the end.
0: first like? Warner Brothers bashing song that was released?
1: Yes, I guess so. And okay. I don't know that I would say it's bashing. It's not as bashing oh, as no. what you find on Chaos and Disorder and other right. albums like that come after it. This is more of his reasoning behind the thing. I don't know that there's an awful lot of Warner Brothers bashing.
0: Well, I'll lay back and let my feelings show. I'm ready for the real. Mm-hmm. Give me something I can feel. Mm-hmm. Give me I can so he's been holding his tongue, he indicates, for quite some time. Yeah. And he didn't want to disparage his record company. And now that he's reached this sort of climax as far as disagreements go, he's, he's not been as vocal Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure that that's even true about how they were doing things. That he's kind of kept it to himself, and now he's ready to let it go. He's yeah. ready to let go of that relationship that's no longer working. Uh
1: huh. Now, see, and I don't see that as bashing. I mean, bashing would have been his own personal feelings that was well, previous album, the Love Symbol album, didn't sell well because he thought the marketing department uh, at Warner Brothers did a poor job. He was very much a Finger pointer when it came to that, you know, that (laughs) he he would never looked at himself as being guilty of moving on to other projects too quickly and not being able to fully commit to a marketing cycle that would be required to keep an album at the top of the charts for long enough to sell enough copies that he would find Mm -hmm. acceptable.
0: Well, he called them an ass, basically. So in the third verse, it's pretty pointed 14 years in tears I've longed to sing my song but a horse couldn't drag your ass to put me on 14 years and years, I've longed to sing my horse and in ass or donkey is known to be stubborn and lazy and following the safe path. He's calling he's saying that Warner Brothers is trying to take the safe path. They're trying to push him onto the safe path when he wants to go a different direction. And he says, but now I've got an army and we're three million strong. This song will ring in your ears when we are gone. But now I got it and I'm with three strong. I've got a fan base I'm gonna leave with them and you're yeah. gonna wish that you could so I think that that's that's pretty pointedly a he's, bit of a bash on yeah Warner I mean, Brothers he's letting
1: his feelings show for sure, but I also could see that as directed at radio stations also it wouldn't put me on. there was a resistance from radio. To, you know, there was Prince Overload was the the thinking, even though to me from 92 to 94, there was virtually nothing to hear from him. Right. So I saw that more directed at radio, the Mm. horse couldn't drag your ass to put me on. Uh, but yes, he is saying, now I've got a fan base that will stick with me, and this song is going to be the last one that you hear from me, because it was the last song recorded for the for, album, Okay, as he you know supposedly
0: walks off into the sunset. Right. Sure. I think don't, I don't think it was at radio, I think it was at Warner Brothers, but we can disagree about that. So it starts with Ready or Not, Here I Come.
1: Ready or not, here I come.
0: Yeah. Which we... Just covered last episode. This is from the unreleased song Vibrator, recorded by Vanity. Right. I thought that was kind of an Easter egg fun to hear. Yeah, that was part of the thinking for me
1: for, uh-huh. you know, trying to decide what we were going to do after Vanity Six. Well, we've got this extremely prolific period of work from 1994 to 1995, and it's sort of Called back to uh-huh. the era that we were just we were just looking at twelve That's years pretty cool. earlier. Yep.
0: Yeah. So uh what do you make of the line bang bang on the drummer? Bang 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 on the drummer love so, so. Not bang bang on the drum. Yeah. Bang bang on the drummer. I saw it suggested that it was a reference to Sheila E. Oh. They weren't uh, I don't know dating at this time. No, I mean, He's obviously he was... my day.
1: Right, and his drummer was had been a man for yeah. a number of years here.
0: So I don't, I don't know what quite what to make.
1: I don't know. Just is it about creating good beats and, you know, where he says, and love so-so, you know, mediocre day-by-day relationships mm-hmm. and just creating good beats for the radio, formulaic hits, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but
0: that would be the drum, not the drummer. Well,
1: he was the drummer for a lot of this too, uh-huh. so it's on himself.
0: He's he's banging on himself. Well, <laughs> that's got, is it? that's got oh, That's sure. rife with meaning.
1: Right. <laughs> we'll get that. We'll get to that in the next track.
0: So, speaking of the next track, right? Orgasm, originally supposed to be poem, which was part of Glam Slam Ulysses, but then he kind of broke it up, and it ended up in. Worked into other
1: songs. As segues Mm -hmm. to a number of songs on this. There was uh, segues before the song Pheromone and Race and Dark and Let It Go that all used pieces of the full poem, Mm -hmm. which actually did get an official release. Oh, okay. Uh, It was released as a promo for Come on a little promo disc named Come, but didn't contain the song Come, and only contained (laughs) this spoken word, Poem. Uh, right. That, as we're saying, has been edited down on this uh, album to the track that was then named Orgasm.
0: Yes. It was played over the credits of the TV special, The Beautiful Experience. Yep. This includes vocals from Vibrator, which we talked about just moments ago and last episode.
1: Right. And, and
0: a guitar solo right. from Private Joy from Controversy.
1: Yes. I read that that guitar solo at the end of Private Joy was recorded exactly 13 years before the release of the Come album. It was recorded on <laughs> August 16th, 1981. So and right as album, that song
0: would have achieved its yeah. sexual awakening, probably, mm-hmm. had its first nocturnal emission, Right, it, <laughs> it got used in... A yep. song called "Orgasm."
1: Yes, being thirteen has its privileges, mm. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, interesting <laughs> that um, you know Prince does not credit Vanity on the album; he just credits her as she knows. Right. So I do wonder. I never. I did look a little bit to see if Denise Matthews had any comment on that. You know, resurfacing and her recording from thirteen years earlier being used for this album or for this particular song. Um, I could not find anything from her. Maybe she just didn't want to comment on it, or maybe people did not, you know, know enough to go after her to yeah, uh, maybe not. follow up on this at all. So essentially it's Prince encouraging what's interesting is all of the vibrator so- sounds have been removed. Right. And now Prince is the one who's there giving her pleasure. Where yeah. and the song well, the song that it oh. comes from is all about I don't need a man number anymore because uh-huh. I have this device and now here the roles are Oh,
0: reversed. I got the impression that he was like across the room just watching her and encouraging her.
1: Well, he was definitely encouraging her. I think he says, imagine what you look like from across the room. Imagine <laughs> what you look like from across the room. Yeah. I did go and look, he didn't say, I thought he said... I want to see what you look like from across the room. Oh. He says, imagine what you look like from across the room. Oh. So that to me says he's there with her.
0: Oh, I kind of got the idea of... He said, imagine what you look like from across the room. Like, I'm across the room. Imagine what you look like from my point of view. Okay. Which made him another audience member, which made it a little squeaky to me since oh. she's on a solo mission here.
1: Yeah, yeah. to me, <laughs> that this whole thing was kind of just... Um... I don't know, a, throw, a, little, a throwaway to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a
0: little too intimate. Though I do have to say, after having listened to Vibrator for the last episode, uh-huh. this one's much shorter, and it yeah. bothered me much less.
1: Oh, it bothered you less than Vibrator? Well. I thought Vibrator the, had humor in it. It did.
0: That part of Vibrator I, yeah. I liked, but once you got oh. to the whole,
1: yeah. you know. She's, using she's
0: Yeah, she's enjoying her oh. hardware. Yeah. <laughs> I I was a lot less uncomfortable with this one than I had been in the past. Still uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little too pornographic.
1: Yeah, it but, does, it definitely verges on the pornographic. Uh, you know, audio track. It's not a song, first of all. Right. So I think that's disappointing on a short Prince album that contains a lot of interesting ideas and cool music. Mm-hmm. And you get to the last track, and I mean, who's going to? <laughs> I'm sure there are it's people so out there skippable. who are going to listen to this over and over again. To me, I just wanted to listen to it once more for this discussion and you know, I'm not going to put this on and put headphones on and go walk my dog and listen to this <laughs> going on in my head. So I don't know what what Prince was thinking um and then to make it a closer on an album. I think um, that
0: might have been part of the, uh, the whole middle, forget middle finger you. yeah. You know, We've covered all the music, so we've reached that point in our podcast where we make some choices. We have rules that we follow. We choose a time capsule, which exemplifies the time when the music was recorded or when it was released, which is all pretty much the same time. Sure. Then we have a C, the low point for us, and then we have the mountain, the thing that speaks to us the most. Yes. So the C isn't necessarily bad. It's just... What spoke to us the least. And Mm -hmm. because they are my rules... Yes, they are. I go first. My time capsule is dark. Because it very much sounds like early 90s Prince R&B sound. It felt like a bridge between the love symbol and the gold experience to me.
1: Okay. I can definitely... See that completely? I don't think there's a wrong answer, really, for no, Time Capsule. Really? This is the easiest of your rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it was Let It Go. Okay. Um, it was the most popular song from the album. It's the song, I, one of two songs that I think of from this album. One I think about going out and buying a new Prince album in 1994. Mm-hmm. This was the one that was the most radio-friendly, kind of the easiest one to sing along to. And I remember hearing it on the on the radio a bit, so to me, Let It Go Is It, and it does have that sound, the early 90s kind of R&B sound from Prince, yep. this mid-tempo track that's got a little bit of storytelling, and of course it's the beginning of the uh, woe is me and my relationship with my record label uh, thing Fair. that would go on for years with Prince. Uh, so it sort of kicked off that public sparring also for me. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Then the C, the thing that spoke to us the least. Right. Uh, it's not going to be a surprise to you that the mouth noises and the length of Come are the low point of this album for oh, me. Oh, really? Because I get to that point in Come and I skip to the next song. You're ready to move Because it's too long uh-huh. and it's gross. I don't like it. I have the whatever that is, synesthesia or whatever the weird... Thing is where you can't stand mouth noises and it just makes you cringe and feel super uncomfortable. Sure. Yeah, that's how I feel.
1: I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, For me, the C is I would rather have another 11 minutes and 30 seconds of come than listen to orgasm one more time. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so that is my C, and it is because it doesn't speak to me. I'm not on board. I think it's almost a little embarrassing to go back and listen to that. I mean, Fair. this is a grown man. This sounds like something Prince should have done. When Vibrator was recorded in around 1982, 1983, Young Prince. And to imagine like a more mature artist going back and pulling these things forward and spending the time to reuse a guitar solo that he had already done and then voice over the entire thing is a little little weird, a little creepy to me. So even the, the, the thinking of the process behind making it sits not well with me too, so...
0: Okay, um, that's mine. That's fine. And then the mountain. This will also not be a surprise to you. I'm sure,
1: I could have picked it. Yep. <laughs>
0: yep, it's just it's fun and fast and club music without being the stereotypical club Clubby. music, and mm-hmm. it's great. I just I yeah. love it. It makes me happy when it comes on.
1: Cool, uh, cool, cool. As Prince would say, cool. For me, while I do like Loose a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, the mountain for me is Space. No it is partially because I think the original version of it, which is on this album, is um, one of the prettiest written songs that Prince ever made and one of the prettiest singles ever released that wasn't very successful. But even more so, the remixes of Space that are on the Maxi single are... Probably I like them better than anything on this album, actually. And I do like a lot of songs on this album. um, But Space, to me, was just a great song and the work he did to it on the Maxi single made it even better so it stands out to me as a giant
0: mountain. Excellent. Well that very nicely segues into what we're going to talk about next time. Right. We're going to talk about the Space Maxi single. Yes. We're going to talk about the Let It Go Maxi single. Yes. We're going to talk about two versions of Come that are unreleased. I think one of them was on
1: The Beautiful the Experience, beautiful Experience. TV, show. Yep.
0: TV show. Yes. And an unreleased version of race. Yes,
1: a little longer, a little funkier. Yeah. Um, we'll see if there might be some additional lyrics where he might choose to open a book and say read a little.
0: Oh! That that would be an <laughs> improvement. <laughs> Alright. So, we thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We hope that you'll join us next time when we talk about some s- s- more. some lo- s- more.
1: S'more. <laughs> <With> <laughs> next episode, Marshmallows <laughs> with Prince
0: marshmallows and chocolate this is before he went vegan (laughs) so we hope that you'll join us and we thank you so much for spending your time with us today let us know if we got something wrong or what your favorite song is or what your least favorite song is or tell us what you think we want to hear it we enjoy hearing from you so we'll talk to you soon
1: thanks for listening